I'm Anna. And I'm Bethany and we're trying to review every Jane Austen adaptation ever. This is Austen Translation. So I'm a big Austen fan and I've read the books. I love a good period drama in general but I am a particular fan of Austen and her work. And this year I've set myself the challenge of trying to watch every Austen adaptation ever and I've managed to persuade Anna to come along for the ride. And I'm an Austen novice. I listened to the audiobook of Pride and Prejudice when I was a kid. I've seen the two main adaptations of that. I accidentally saw Emma because Parasite was booked out, but I was actually quite into it. This week we watched the 2004 Bride and Prejudice, which is obviously an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. A Bollywood adaptation. A Bollywood adaptation, yeah. Um, And this week we're going to give you a short synopsis at the top of the podcast, so that if you're not familiar with Austin or the film in particular, you will be able to follow along a lot easier. Feedback from our fans. (laughs) Oh, so many fans. Yeah, so they've changed some names. Um, it obviously, it takes place in India, but with a few bits in Los Angeles and a few bits in what looks like Chislehurst. Whenever they cut to a different country, there's like a theme song. And for some reason, the theme song of London is like rock guitar. And then um, LA is that Ride With Me by Nelly. So it's like, hey, must be the money. I'm just smiling remembering it. So good, so good. (laughs) So in this adaptation, Lizzie Bennet becomes Lali Tabakshi. There is um, only four sisters instead of the five Bennet sisters. They dump Kitty. They're kind of uh, not very well off. Their mum is really invested in trying to get the married off, particularly the eldest ones, uh, which is uh, Lalita and Jaya and they the mum is quite socially inappropriate the dad is kind of long-suffering um and just like gets on with it there's a Indian wedding at the beginning um which includes the the best man Balraj but he represents Mr Bingley his sister's with him her name is Kiran and then you obviously have Will Darcy who's Balraj's friend who he's brought along for the wedding. He's a white American. Yeah, white, rich American who they met at Oxford. I think that's the backstory. He owns hotels. He's staking out a hotel in the area that he might buy to add to his hotel empire. Yeah. And then you got Chandra Lamber, who is Charlotte Lucas, who's also at the wedding. That's Lalita's best friend. Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to meet at the wedding, don't they? There's a great musical number. This is the very beginning of our love affair with Balraj because honestly, the whole time these stuff was happening, Balraj wasn't there. I was like, why do I care about this? Where's Balraj? And he's played by Naveen Andrews, who plays Saeed in Lost, which I'm also watching at the moment, and he can get it. And then he starts dancing with Jaya, and they just dance together all night. They dance the night away. Lalita's dancing, and Darcy sort of watches her from across the room. She's very aware that he's watching her, and she does not give a shit. And obviously the chemistry between Balraj and Jaya is immediate, isn't it? Yeah, they got chemistry. When they're doing the, like, dancing thing, at the end, Mrs. Bakshi comes down Oh, yes, and she's like, I will remain youthful forever. And she's, like, dancing. She's absolutely getting her life. And um, and then 
uh, her husband comes and sort of drags her away off the stage. This is like a great embarrassment for the girls because honestly so much happens because then like immediately afterwards Chandra, Lalita and Jaya are like in the town and then this big number Mm. happens like musical number with the town like everyone in the town starts singing about how Jaya is basically engaged to Balraj and they're they're preparing for a wedding and um it's just amazing (laughs) so this is obviously like the next day or something and they're all just like ooh, uh Jaya's gonna get married and it's like she's literally danced with this man for one night kind of it's kind of like a gentle poking fun at her but like a really like big musical number and then just a bunch of different kinds of people like turn up and sing in groups and I particularly liked there was a bit where a bunch of Hajri I think that's a terrible pronunciation Hijra it had the letters H-I-J and A in Hijra which are actually classed I think in India as kind of a third gender it's transgender and intersex people who dress feminine it was just one aspect of the culture that you got to see which I don't think you get to see very often like as a westerner at least yeah definitely it wasn't it wasn't like the butt of a joke they were just there and that was part of part of the society and it wasn't like a big deal and then I think because obviously instead of the balls they go into this wedding because obviously Indian weddings take over a few days and then I think they go to another event don't they Darcy comes up and finds um, Lalita on a balcony talking to Chandra he just insults India at this point doesn't he? yeah he's just kind of judgy yeah he just starts insulting the area and he's just a bit like why would you want to live here and yeah he just kind of comes in and he's like at these people's wedding in their like actual weddings and he just starts chatting shit just being a snob and you're being a big snob like don't come into people's houses and start chatting shit like obviously a metaphorical house and then at the end of the wedding balraj invites jaya to goa with him and him, Karan, and Will Darcy. Uh, Jaya's dad isn't keen, is he? He doesn't want her to go on her own. If Lalita goes with her, I'll let her go, because I just don't think it's appropriate for my daughter to go off with this strange man to go on. So Lalita and Jaya go to Goa with Balraj, Kiran, and Will Darcy. They go to Goa, there's the iconic scene. So I think... Jaya and Bilraj are kind of being flirty in the pool. And then we pan. And as we pan, we see Will Darcy, Kiran and Lalita laying on sunbeds. And Kiran is <gasps> wearing a Burberry bikini with a matching, like, what are those hats called? Visor hat. Like a matching Burberry visor hat. She's just laying there. She's got that glitter cross tattoo thing. Oh, yeah, like a like a fake uh, you know, like stick on tattoo thing yeah. on her arm between her, uh, Darcy and Lalita, asking Darcy to uh, put sun cream on her back. Yes, yes, she's doing that class. I think he says no, doesn't he? Does he do it or does he say? Boy, I think he just like avoids doing it because yeah. he's like, I'm emailing my sister, Georgie, Georgie, who is Georgiana Darcy. That is when they have a row, don't they? Oh, yeah, well, Kiran, she starts making fun of Darcy. I remember 
you once when you were like very drunk at Oxford told me your list of like things for your ideal woman that you would require and Lolita was like well no wonder you can't find anyone (laughs) yeah and are you also so perfect that you're requiring all these things like oh my god she's just like the comebacks are absolutely so Mm. they have another standoff and she absolutely fucking owns them yep and then um I'm lost about... They're on the beach. Uh, she's playing guitar. So she's playing the guitar. Darcy's looking at her longingly. And then out of the waves. Appearing as if he's risen from the ocean. Spoiler alert, it's Mr. Wickham. white person we've seen, which I think... Yeah, it's, it's another... We were like, oh no, another white man. Oh no. And he kind of appears and you kind of see Darcy's face change immediately. You can. It's clear that they know each other. They don't like each other. Um, Johnny comes over and watches Lolita playing guitar for a bit in a kind of creepy way, and then's like, "Hey!" And it's almost like he's doing it because he knows it's pissing Will off. Yeah. Like he kind of sees Will watching her and is like, "I am gonna flirt with Lolita," and she laps it up. So when she comes back from Goa, Mister Collie arrives. Oh yes, Mister Collie. AKA Mr. Collins. He's been living in America. That's like the backstory. He like, yeah, and he kind of comes in and he is classic Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins just does Mr. Collins, sorry, Mr. Coley does just like creepy Mr. Coley things. It's clear that he's come to marry one of the girls. Yeah, Mr. Coley is clearly here. He's like literally kind of says it. He's like, I'm here from America. I'm super successful, but like I need to find a wife. And it's at this point where he's like, I want to marry Jaya. (laughs) And um, the mum's like, you can't. She's basically engaged already, but you can marry Lalita. Yeah, and Lalita's like, "Mm, no. And then we we get into uh, another musical number. Uh, which reminds me so much of Greece. They're all wearing white pyjamas. It's her and her sisters in their bedroom, like, ready to go to bed. And they start dancing around. And to set this up, Mr. Coley had said something like, well, you know what they say, no wife, no life. And then he holds up his <laughs> little ring finger. And so they start singing the song based around no wife no life and basically just taking the piss of the fact that Mr. Coley wants to marry Lolita and she's like fuck off and then she kind of goes off at the end starts thinking about her perfect man who is Johnny yeah Johnny Wickham she's dreaming of this white English wedding with him a literal white wedding because it's just her and then a bunch of white people none of her relatives are there He's in an Anglican church in a like what looks like a small town, typical of like small town areas in England. <laughs> and she's just like she's dreaming. But then as she opens the church door to leave, whose face does she see? Mr. Darcy. She's like trying to get out of his way, and he like steps in front of her, and then it's this. It starts raining and storming, and they're like face to face, and she's like, oh, "Get away from me!" But also, I'm so attracted to you. But also, get away from me! And then they're just staring into each other's eyes, and it's very intense. And then she wakes up. Yeah, so that's kind of like the first instance that we get that she's like attracted to Will Darcy. Yeah. Johnny comes to see the Golden Temple, but he basically the girls have invited him to stay at their house. Um, without actually asking the parents until he literally turns up with like a, a hiking rucksack and a roll mat and everything and then they're like and the mum's like he's a dirty hippie in his feet smell. yeah and we're like yes agreed thank you <laughs> he manages to like get allowed to stay but then they invite Biraj Balraj sorry and Darcy over for dinner uh 
And Kieran is there as well. Basically, Johnny can't join them because Will has come in. And I don't know who decides that. I don't know whether it's the parents. But then they also have, like, this weird flirtation. Where they almost kiss, don't they? The he's kitchen. very, he's very like, kind of forward with her. And then her sister, Lackey, walks in. Yeah, and she she's clearly very into him. She's trying to get his attention. He's sort of like... And she's obviously Lydia Bennett in Pride and Prejudice. And so she kind of comes in, doesn't she? And she's like, hugs him. I think she hugs him. Like, she's very forward with him. And is, is super into it. And then he starts whipping her with a tea towel. Yeah, and she's splashing in with water. It's a classic flirtation scene. And they're like kind of playful together. So that's like the start of of what we later know to become terrible, terrible news. <laughs> so they're all kind of sitting around in a half square sofa arrangement, just kind of discussing America, India. And then again, Darcy is rude about India. The way that they do Darcy, and like maybe we can talk about this more later, but it's like that's how they get Darcy's weird social awkwardness and like rudeness is because like he doesn't understand the culture he is from this privileged background and he doesn't know how to interact with the people that he's around um, and so he just ends up being rude yeah that's how they kind of play into it he's being he's being judgmental about a country that he doesn't know anything about yeah and over over the course of the movie you see him kind of uh, learn about and respect the culture more and begin to integrate and so yeah they're all kind of like chatting and yeah like, it shuts Darcy up after after um Mr. Bakshi and um Lalita put him in his place. And then we get the greatest moment of the film ever. We have Maya Bakshi who is Mary Bennett and she comes out and she performs. Now if you've watched Pride and Prejudice, there's a piano scene in Pride and Prejudice where Mary Bennett plays the piano terribly and her father has to get her to stop. What they've done is they've decided to have Maya do a um snake dance. She has like this little headdress with a snake on it coming off the top of her bun. She's got like black eyeliner all around her eyes. She's wearing like a belly dancing outfit. And she comes in and it's intense. She's making a lot of eye contact. She's She's thrusting at people. She's wiggling around on the floor like a snake. (laughs) And she, she gets in their faces and they're kind of a bit like, oh my God, what's happening? And then it ends. Or you think it's ending. (laughs) <laughs> like she pretends to be dead and then she just reawakens and starts in their faces again and they're like oh god and it was honestly one of the funniest things I've ever seen like the girls are visibly embarrassed the father's like Balraz is taking it all in his stride he's trying so hard but he's like oh my god and Kieran is like what what where have you taken me <laughs> what is happening and Will was just like smiling looking at um Lalita being like is this normal like what I don't know what to do <laughs> and yeah she just does this super intense snake dance <laughs> and it is and the I was just like that actress and to just do that in front of the ball and it was honestly when when we think she's she's kind of like fake died in the dance story and then she rises again is one of the best things I've ever watched in cinema (laughs) (laughs) I mean like this the thing with this film is you think you think oh they've done this funny bit and it's gonna just stop being funny now because it's like you know you 
usually with with these adaptations i am with jane austen you will have like funny bits interspersed between kind of like but with this they'll they'll make you think it's over they'll make you think you've had the best of the best and then they just bring it once again it's just so over the top it's so incredible it just keeps giving it's the film that just keeps giving mr collie proposes yeah after that weird event with the snake thing and he leaves he he proposes and she kind of sings at him, I think. Yeah. She sings her response, which is no. And, um... No! And mum is, like, loses her shit. And is like, you must marry him. And then they do that classic Austin thing where Mr. Bakshi is like, your mother will never talk to you again if you don't marry him, but I will never talk to you if you do. Iconic. They do lift some parts directly from the book. Yeah. Still. I think they kind of, especially at the beginning, they're like, a rich man must be in want of a woman. They they do that bit as well at the beginning. Do they? Hmm. So, Mr. Mr. Coley leaves. He takes his suitcases, his two suitcases. He keeps falling over himself. Oh, yeah, because he's got, like, one in front of him and one behind him, and he's, like, dropping out of the house. And it's like, yeah. He's a great character. He's really good. So, after that, Balraj has to leave. There's some business in London, as there always is in any Austin film. So he has to go back to London and leave. Oh, yeah, because um, just to to go back a little bit, because this does seem relevant, when the snake dance is all happening, the mum starts being really explicit and inappropriate about referring to the fact that they're basically engaged. And Balraj is sort of looking quite, like, freaked out. And then he leaves... And and then obviously Jaya's really like sad and doesn't know what's going on. And she basically he's like, I'll email you. Um and she's like, Yeah, sure you will. Like basically does is like, Oh, he's not into me. Do you see Johnny Wickham secretly emailing Lucky? Yeah. Which is a key part of it. And and we also see Lalita kind of missing Johnny, but also missing Will. Yeah. I'd, like, I don't think it really shows it in Pride and Prejudice, the normal one, but in this, Lelita is, like, properly into Johnny. Yeah. Like, she's into him. So so Mr. Collie leaves, and then they at some point they find out that him and Chandra are going to get married. Yeah. And they invite... They give them four tickets to come to LA for the wedding. Yeah. And they've, they know Balraj is in London, so they've decided they're going to fly via London to see if they can see him. Mm-hmm they're there and then they fly in and they look like they're in just like suburban London they look like they're in like Chislehurst and um yeah just very like normal. well they fly in and there's the rock guitar and it's like and then immediately they're in Chislehurst somehow they've gone out of central London and into Chislehurst again they go through I think they're swimming with family yes so Jaya rings Kiran and is like, oh, I'm in London. Um, I don't know if you want to see me. And Kiran invites her around to their house in Windsor next to the Queen. Yeah, you can see the Windsor castle out the window with the flag flying. Which means she's home. So Kiran is like, yeah, totally, come over. And they come over and what Kiran doesn't tell them is that Balraj isn't there. He's not in Windsor at that point. I think he's in New York. She says he's in New York with Will Darcy looking for girls. Yeah, something about girls. I I also wanted to mention, I think this actually happened before they even left. But do you remember 
we wanted to say about how Kieran actually tried to warn Lolita about um, Mr. Wickham. Yes, during the snake dance party. Yeah, she's like tries to get her to come do something with her, and then she's like, "He's a wrong un." Yeah, she warns her. She's like, "Don't, don't get involved with Johnny. He's he's not good news. You don't want to be involved with him." And then Lolita just ignores her, basically. Like, she's quite rude to her. Yeah, she's, she's like, "Well, like you're Will's friend, so why would I listen to you?" Yeah. So they're in London now. They've just visited um, Kieran at their house. They found out that Balraj isn't there. They fly to LA. They bump into Darcy at the airport. In Heathrow. And, oh, my God, I don't know what it is, but, like, they pan in Heathrow, and this film was made in 2004, and there is a very distinct early 2000s UK aesthetic. Yes. And you can see it even in the airport. Beautiful. (laughs) Even in the airport, like, it scans across, like, the... The, the waiting area where you wait before you get on your flight. Like, the carpets, the way other people are dressed. So good. Just, oh, it's so nostalgic. And, yeah, Will turns up and he's like, oh, fancy seeing you lot here. I'm also going to LA. Yeah, they kind of explain about the wedding. Who goes... So it's her mum, Lalita, Jaya, um, and Lak- Lakita. Yeah, yeah, I don't think the dad is gone. And Maya haven't gone. No. So they kind of like make small chit chat and it's clear that um, Will is going to be in first class and they're going to be in economy. But then when they actually get on the plane, Will very gentlemanly offers to swap seats with their mum. Yeah, they kind of make small chit chat and they're starting to like each other a little bit more, like it's clear. But he's sort of saying, oh, I was, you know, I have to admit that I was a little bit jealous of of Wicked. Yeah, and he he won't tell him why he doesn't like Johnny, which is yeah. the key point. This is where Will and Lally to kind of really get down to their flirtation. So he books them into his hotel, doesn't he? Oh yeah, so they, they see his hotel and she's like, ooh. And she meets his mother. Right, which is basically their visit to Pemberley. So instead of Lady Caroline, is that her name? Lady Catherine. Lady Catherine. De uh, Lady Catherine de Burgh, who isn't actually related to Darcy in the book. She's now his mother. Been replaced yeah. by his mum, who's called Catherine Darcy. Um, and they're like business partners, I guess. So like, She's kind of classic Lady Catherine. Catherine and she's rude and she kind of insults India again because she's basically like I would have gone to India if my son bought the hotel but he decided not to buy the hotel and he explains why he didn't buy the hotel because it was an imperialist move (laughs) and then she's like well you lost us a lot of money and just looks at Lalita like you're clearly to blame and that's where uh, his sister Georgiana or Georgie Darcy comes in she's not like that involved we meet Georgie for the first time and she tells Lalita she's heard a lot about her and Catherine's getting more and more annoyed by this she does she clearly doesn't like Lolita and Lolita, Lolita answers her back like in that scene in Pride and Prejudice where at the dinner table mm. and Catherine is grilling Lolita and she's oh <laughs> grilling Lizzie and <laughs> she kind of answers her back and then um because Lolita is Lizzie like this is the best I'm gonna just put it out here now we haven't even finished yet but it's the best Pride and Prejudice adaptation I've ever watched and ever will watch <laughs> It's excellent. So he, she meets Darcy's family and, like, Catherine immediately sees Lalita as a threat, which is important. So she's she's got her eye on her. And then, yeah, then they go to the wedding and then they go on, like, this montage of dates with impromptu mariachi band. Yeah. 
And then a new musical number without words starts and they start using the maracas and the cocktail shakers to get the beat going. Yeah. And then they kind of like go dancing in those, you know, those floor fountains. Yeah, through the, through the fountains, they're spinning round, they're on the beach, they're sort of embracing, never get any kissing whatsoever. Yeah, and it kind of ends with them alone. So it's almost like they've imagined all of this happening. But so, yeah, they've got a long flirtation and then they go to another wedding thing. She sits down with Georgie. She says that Balraj is a bit annoyed with her brother. Yeah, they're not talking at the moment. And it's because Will basically told him not to marry Jaya because she had an embarrassing family. But Georgie doesn't know that. Yeah, she doesn't know that the embarrassing family is Lalita's. Yeah. Kind of hasn't realised what she's, she's done. And then Will comes over and then uh, Lalita's like striding off being very angry. He professes. He's obviously like, oh, I tried to forget you and my, I know my, my mother's not going to approve and your family and stuff. And then she uh, does the classic friend brothers thing where she's like, you just insulted me while you're trying to confess your love to me. That's like absolutely ridiculous. And you're the last person I would ever want to marry. I thought you would. I thought I was wrong about you, but I was right. And yeah, they have it out. Oh, for that, actually, Anne appears at that bit. Catherine shows up and with this other, this this white girl who's dressed in like a sari and a bindi and shit. And she's like, this is Will's girlfriend, Anne. And we're like, who the fuck is Anne? Who the fuck is Anne? Who the fuck are you, Anne? I mean, actually, Johnny mentions that that he's going to have an arranged marriage so we kind of assume that this is and um, the arranged marriage yeah and Catherine hasn't told will that she's bringing flying Anne from new york to la because she's clearly just seen that lolita is a threat and she needs to get Anne in there and like will kind of just doesn't say anything he just kind of looks at her like sorry but yeah and that's um, why when he goes up to her he's like oh um, let me explain and she's like no it's none of my business and then he he says that he's like i love you and she she just storms off and she's like, look, you've ruined my life. I love my sister. And by ruining her life, why would you love me if you were willing to do that? Then they just fly fly to London. And he goes, afterwards, he goes to um, Mr. Collie's house in LA to try and talk to her. But she's already flown to London. So he's missed her. So they go back and the mother is really upset because nobody's engaged. <laughs> She's like crying, really sad. And at this point, you kind of know that Lucky and Johnny have been communicating. And Lucky's... When when they first went to London, Lucky goes off for the day and visits him. And you find out that he lives on a boat, which is absolutely classic. Of course he lives on a boat. And when she comes back, she decides, she goes, oh, mama, can I go shopping? And the mum is too kind of distracted. And she's like, well, if we can't come back with husbands, we might as well come back with something. <laughs> so Lucky goes up and she runs away with Johnny almost. But it's like, for the, so he kind of leaves her waiting at this kind of fair. And, he, and he's like, how long have you been waiting? And she's like, forever. And I was like, this is such a shitty thing to do because she's clearly quite young. She's never I mean, been she's, to England before, really. He's clearly left her waiting there because it's dark now hours and then they go on the london eye somehow it's daylight again i guess they maybe maybe she spends the night on his boat yeah he spends the night and also will darcy arrives in london to chase after lalita and she immediately tells him what's happened with johnny because he he finally explains the problem how he got georgie his sister pregnant when she was 16 which is whoa madness and then um 
And then Lolita's like, oh my God, Lucky's run off with um, Johnny Wickham. And so they both go running off to London uh, to try and find them. They happen to be on the London Eye. They go to his canal boat because we're where it is. And then this random neighbour goes, it goes off about something going off with some bird on the London Eye. Yeah. <laughs> and um, which is, oh, it's just like, it's just like classic British ways of speaking in 2004. And um, so then they go to the London Eye and they just seem to happen to be there at the right time and catch sight of them and then they go into a, a movie theater which is shown a bollywood yeah film. very meta they go in and they have a full-on fight on the stage which mirrors what's happening in the Bollywood. and everyone in the in the like cinema is going hey yeah and lalita kind of grabs lucky to get her out of the way i can't remember what he says to lalita but she slaps him oh yeah no he's like it's it because uh, he was like, Lalita, no, no, not like this. Lalita, it was always you. Like, basically, like, I only ever liked you. That's when Lucky comes back and slaps him. Yeah, and then Lalita slaps him as well. Darcy brings him back to the house. He's got, like, blood on his face. Uh, and we find out Balraj and Jaya have got engaged yeah. while this has all gone on. Yeah, and honestly, I'm mad that we did not get to see that happen because that's all I care about. Yeah. Where's Balraj? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like that's so we haven't seen Bell Ride for like twenty five minutes of the film at this point, and then he's just at the house celebrating. So annoying. Yeah. So so then they then they say, "Oh, we're gonna have a wedding." Yeah. So they they have this Indian wedding, and they Lalita shows up, and she's like, "Where's Will?" And then Kiran's like, oh, he's over there. And she looks and he's playing like with a bunch of Indian drummers. He's he's like got a drum and he's playing it and he's got like a like a, a culturally appropriate shirt on and like he's got flowers around him and he's like not missing a beat. Truly integrated and he's kind of bopping along to the beat. It's the way he drops his shoulder. He's loving it, he's like smiling. Um, and then she goes over to him, and you think they might kiss, and they don't kiss. Like no one ever you don't kisses. kisses at the wedding. Either. No, like it's even kind of... when these, even when Chandra and and Mr. Coley get married, they don't kiss on the mouth. He kisses her hand, and that's it. Don't know if that's like a cultural thing. Maybe it's just like a we don't kiss on the mouth in public. I don't know. But yeah, you you don't get any kissing no. in this film. You think you're going to, and then you don't. So yeah, that is the end of the film. Wow, that was so chaotic. We will, yeah, we will. So we've spoken a bit, like, the attractiveness of the leading men. I mean, I did not give a shit about Darcy. It wasn't attracted to him at all. Had weird hair. He was all right at the beginning until, like, halfway through the film where his hair just got really... I mean, I, I just found him incredibly bland. I was never attracted to him. Yeah. Darcy's like this in every Pride and Prejudice film. But he is such a dick, but even then, like I can, I could fancy Matthew McFadden when he was being a dick. I can't fancy this random. He's just so bland. However, Balraj, Balraj could get it. <laughs> like yeah, like he's good. Yeah, <laughs> so I will not be taking questions. He's so like comfortable in his own skin, and he yeah, he's a great dancer. He likes to sing. He just gets in there, even though he was raised. In England, he like he gets down with you know he's not afraid to get down. But he, there's a bit uh, when he's trying to get Darcy to come and dance with him, where he's like, "Come and get down with us." <laughs> 
he just doesn't care though, does he? And also what I liked about this adaptation is he gets annoyed at Darcy because Darcy's like, you shouldn't marry Jaya. Like he's not talking to him because of what Darcy's done. Yeah. So he's clearly like his own man and he's just great. I obviously think the women in this, fantastic, all of them. There also isn't that much like, um, like I was glad that with the Caroline Bingley thing, there wasn't that much competing for him. And actually, um, Kieran was warning Lalita about Wickham. It wasn't she wasn't trying to sabotage her game or anything. Yeah, like she was she was a bit snobby towards Lalita, but she wasn't. They weren't fighting over a man. Yeah, and she was flirting with Will, but I think she just enjoyed doing that, and. She- kind of enjoyed maybe winding Lalita up a little bit yeah the only other competition between women is like between Lalita and Lucky but that's not even there is no competition because Lalita's not interested in him in the end as soon as she would have found out about that she would have disliked him anyway yeah and then obviously there's Anne but we see Anne for like five minutes well less than that she's she gets like 20 seconds in the film the women are great kieran is the best caroline bingley i've ever come across the burberry outfit the burberry outfit is iconic and she yeah she's fun and she's smart and she's sassy and she's not a total bitch so you don't just dislike like she is a bit of a snob but she's kind of fun with it like you can kind of tell that it's kind of just a bit of her humor yeah she's not like totally dislikable yeah the sisters are absolutely great like Maya with the snake dance absolutely fantastic Lucky plays that kind of like clingy younger sister quite well like when she's lusted after Johnny she has a t-shirt that just says Lucky on but they're like English spelling because in the in the film it's, it's spelled L-A-K-H-I yeah the mum is fantastic like <laughs> Yes. Such a good, like, Mrs. Bennett. Like, she encapsulates... What I really liked is it was so clearly Pride and Prejudice, but they didn't just lift it. Yeah. They really adapted it to make it fit Bollywood. Yeah, and they had that... And that was, like, the whole... It was interesting because, obviously, they replaced the balls with Indian weddings. And, like, the vibe is totally different. But there is this, like, sense of... They really integrate and use the richness of the Indian, like, culture, which I think, like, almost, like, well, in Austin, the whole point often Jane plays on the fact that, like, this culture is, like, really repressed and boring and we're just all doing this, like, stuff for the sake of doing it, like, you know, having these conversations while we're dancing and things. Yeah, well, this tips it on its head, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like, actually, no. The Westerners need to come and appreciate and get involved in this, this cultural practice. Yeah. They haven't kind of made it a caricature either. Like, the film is funny, and there's a lot of funny moments throughout where you're kind of making fun of the characters. But it's not a caricature. No, nobody's being made fun of, apart from Mr. Coley. But even he, and in the end, you don't, like, you're not... You're not hating on him. You're just like, oh my god. As soon as he's paired off, you you start to really like him because he's just like this lovable, excitable character who just is really into Americanisms. <laughs> there is no way you can watch it and not know it's I think even if you don't know Pride and Prejudice that well, not know that it's a Pride and Prejudice adaptation. Yeah. I mean it's called Bride and Prejudice, so Yeah, but say if you just for some reason didn't know it existed. Yeah you know what I mean they've really made it their own yeah they made it their own and I think the best mod because this is a modern adaptation 
are the ones that don't try and lift it completely. There are like some phrasing, like when she rejects him and she says, when I first met you, I thought you were arrogant and uh, whatever. And there's things like when when Mr. Bakshi's like, well, if you marry him, I won't talk to you. Like they, they lift some of They have those recognisable moments. You could pinpoint throughout the story, like I was pinpointing when this thing is happening, is representing this and, you know, like... The, yeah, exactly. The snake dance, you knew that was Mary's piano moment. Yeah, and like the visit to Pemberley is like the hotel, so... Yeah, and when they're talking to, to Caroline Darcy in the garden, it's that dinner table moment yeah. where they butt heads. Mm-hmm. We are going through this, but not intentionally, but we're already at the enjoyability of the film as a whole. I mean, if you don't know by now that we enjoyed this film, then like, what are you even doing? Why are you still listening? <laughs> You clearly do not understand us. <laughs> and the whole time, we were just like, this is amazing. I literally was like, buzzing. I went downstairs to the kitchen. Dad asked me how the film went. I was like, you don't even you don't even understand. You don't know what I've seen. It's the best thing I've ever seen. It's funny. It's a musical. Like, it's, it's, every, it's like a feel-good film. And obviously, like, it, it's not boring at all. The characters are relatable because it's modern-day adapt- adaptation. And... Even say if you don't have much experience with watching Bollywood films or whatever, like... The post-imperialist analysis. Yeah, like, they don't shy away from anything. No topic is... They talk about gentrification. They talk about... Yeah. And then they talk about, like, sexism, how she wants a man that is going to see her as an equal and not as someone who serves him while he goes off and has a good life. Like, in her song, she talks about that. There's musical numbers, there's dancing. Obviously, it's visually stunning as well. I mean, like, we don't really talk about that specifically, but it's, it's like, extremely beautiful just in, the like, the colour and the sets and uh, just the way that they kind of use uh, the dance numbers in uh, the choreography of the dance numbers. It's just, like, yeah, visually very pleasing. But not in a Pride and Prejudice 2005 very, like... It's so, like, vibrant and fun. It's vibrant, yeah. Yeah, and it's refreshing. Like, if you're if you're feeling a bit, like, groggy due to the lockdown and the pandemic, honestly, it's on YouTube. Put it, put it on. Yeah, um, and also, like, even seeing people in large groups close together dancing was, like, really alien to me because, like, we've only really been watching... Um, like Jane Austen adaptations and obviously they don't go within 20 feet of each other because they will be spoiled and their virtue will be um and so with this like they're all dancing together and they're just like yeah and that bit where they're they're in LA I think and Darcy and Lalita are having dinner at that like Spanish restaurant with the mariachi band and I was like oh my god it makes me long for travel I want to be on holiday anyway we should i don't know if you want to talk about the star signs well you probably do <sighs> well yeah i mean to be honest i didn't they're different to normal jane austen star signs because the characters are the same yeah i mean that's that's what i was thinking when i was because yeah i feel like i mean the mums are leo yes i think we see more characters that we perhaps don't necessarily focus on a normal prime prejudice because well, i want to know what you think of maya Maya is an Aquarius. She's so weird and I love it so much. <laughs> Straight up an Aquarius. Um, I think Mr. Collins or um, Mr. Mr. Coley. Coley is probably also like an Aquarius. 
Yeah, he's weird. I wouldn't say Lalita is, and you did say she was for the 2005 version. Yeah, no, I think she's more like a Scorpio in this. Yeah. Um, Because she's not so much like, I'm not like other girls, like the Keira Knightley adaptation. Um, And she's also, like, quite fun-loving and romantic in a way. So she's, like, and she's very um, intelligent. So I wonder if maybe she's a Libra, actually. Yeah. I see that. What about Balraj? Oh, Balraj. I think he's like a Sagittarius. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm not as clued in as you are on this stuff. But when, like, all the other characters you've said are, are Sags, I'm like, yeah. Sagittarius is all about, like, experiencing as much as you can experience. Right? It's about... Uh, Sagittarius is a great storyteller. Sagittarius rules, like higher education and um exploring the world like uh traveling stuff like that so like and it's about that kind of discovery it's a sense of discovery and that's what I see in Balraj is like he's just he's there to live and to truly experience everything and he's a great dancer and he's just doing his thing yeah so we've got kind of like Scorpio for Lalita Aquarius for Maya, a Leo for Mrs. for her mum, yeah. Mrs. Bakshi. I think Charlotte um, or Chandra is probably like uh, a Capricorn because she's quite she's quite realistic. She's just like I don't think. Yeah, because she she goes to Lalita. It was never about love for me. Yeah, she's very down to earth. She's very much just like pragmatic. Yeah, and I think she wants to just go to America and she kind of sees Mr. Coley as her ticket to yeah. America. But yeah, like she's like, this is a pragmatic, beneficial situation for both of us. So. I think um, Lydia is probably a Pisces or Lucky, rather. Lucky is a Pisces. Um, what about Kiran? Um, I agree. I, think she might be a Gemini I think I said that for Caroline Bingley before I think she's a Gemini yeah but I think she's she is the best Caroline Bingley I've come across because they they do change bits of her character a little bit like how she warns Lalita about Johnny where I think Caroline Bingley would have just set her up um so we normally, so I think that's kind of everyone, unless you want to mention. Well, I didn't say other. Mr. Darcy, and I didn't say. No, but I was a bit like you said, bland. Yeah, it's he's... very much the same. Like I think for the main characters, their essence is pretty much the same. Who else were you going to say other than? Oh yeah, Johnny. Johnny. Um, I wonder if he's also a Sagittarius, because he's like a traveler. He's like. He's also a bit of like a wind-up merchant yeah he's kind of devil may care he just like he's not he's not self-conscious he's not afraid to kind of like go for it um so I think Johnny is a Sagittarius and then did you say for Will Darcy for Will Darcy I think well I said like I've said before that I think he's a Capricorn but I think like mm, he might also be a cancer because he's quite he's very family orientated yeah and I think also like he's very much about learning 
Yeah. Like, he's a beginning but he's very much open and he's also he's like he he's in his shell to begin with but then when you get underneath the crabby shell squishy <laughs> crab meat <laughs> so yeah i think that, i think that's all of them yeah that, um we normally talk about the accuracy to the i think it's pretty accurate we've said like, so I, much about this thing yeah like as much of like they've they've lifted it but They've it's it's it. clearly recognisable throughout um, as the narrative, but it's also not like samey. I mean, we've watched like a couple. I mean, you uh, we know quite well the story of Pride and Prejudice by now. It wasn't samey. It was it was fresh. Yeah, it was a completely new experience to what you normally watch, and it was good. It, it like, was it good. I saw. I was absolutely horrified to see that on IMDb. It's only been given. Five point no six point two stars out of ten. They're so wrong. These people don't enjoy life, honestly. Like they're, just, oh, they're absolutely miserable bastards. Like what are you even doing? <laughs> um. So I mean, like it's not that old. The story stands up today. I think. I think if it was made tomorrow and released exactly the same, people would probably love it more. Yeah, I think it would maybe get. A bear. It was. It's been slept on. I can't believe I haven't watched it before now. Probably because I don't think it's easily found on streaming networks. Mm. But I was like, I can't believe I've never watched this before because it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I'm not being dramatic. It is honestly uh, that was one of my favourite films. It was truly excellent. And then we normally talk about. The, the kind of fashion I mean the fashion was great because we got we got a, a lot of uh like traditional Indian dress um yeah or just like saris and stuff um but also some like uh you know western style the obviously the notable the notable Burberry bikini and and matching visor um Burberry bikini gonna go down in history. the slogan tees you know the like they weren't they were mixing and matching. They were. It's like you know, there's. Yeah, and they do dress like Johnny up as like. A yeah, the the weird thing was Mr. Darcy for some reason is always wearing white in this one, and I said he just looked like a proper colonizer. I feel like you know when like, <laughs> you know when like people colonizers from England or whatever would be in like if you think of a traditional like, um, yeah empire like era kind of outfit they're always in like pale beige or white or something yeah and I don't know why but anyway and I think he was like dressed in that and I was like oh that's interesting I don't know if that's on purpose or not but yeah well because I think it might be because what I found yeah like when he's at the wedding when we first see him at the wedding they're all in a lot more traditional Indian like obviously he's not Indian but they have put him in this completely white tunic trouser combo he's dressed very differently to everyone else there yeah he sticks out like a sore thumb yeah because it, it's like it, it's basically as western as you can get in indian clothing i think yeah but then but then as like, it as it um as the story moves on he gets more into like traditional and that like it's noted by um yeah. that that he's where he looks much more comfortable in the indian clothes that he's wearing yeah, although I think at the wedding he does wear a suit at the LA wedding. Mm. Yeah, he does. I think actually. She's, yeah, she looks like, oh, you're in your own, like, you're kind of in your own clothes. You look a lot more 
Although his suits look awful. His suits are horrific. Yeah, not like good. I think they're just like the 2004 fit, yeah. but like, they're like ill-fitted. And he's like floppy hair. So whenever he he's like, like distressed or running, it's horrendous. His hair looks like Luke Skywalker for the second half of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, like the second, I don't know what, like, because it's kind of styled at the beginning. Yeah, it's kind of pushed back and then it starts flopping forward. Yeah, and they kind of don't do anything about it. What I really enjoyed is the version we watched on YouTube is we kind of got to saw bloopers at the end. We saw some bloopers at the end and they all looked like they were having a whale of a time. I mean, it must have been such a fun movie to film. Yeah, like, it was absolutely, like, they were all kind of, like, learning, like, you can see them all kind of learning the dances, and, like, just in, and it really comes across on screen that they are enjoying themselves when they're doing the dance numbers. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, nothing feels forced, and it all, like, you know, sometimes comedy can feel forced. Like, when Mr. Coley's being embarrassing, you're not cringing, you're kind of like, this is funny. Yeah, it's, like, you feel like you're like everyone's in on the joke. Yeah, and it feels very much like it's such a relaxing movie to watch, and it's fun and it's upbeat. And if we were going to rate it, I I was literally when we were watching this, I was like, I don't know how I'm not going to give this a ten. It's yeah, I mean, it's up there. It's like it's like a nine. They didn't miss a beat, did they? Like no. there wasn't one odd moment throughout the film. Yeah, I can't pinpoint a moment where I'm like. You could have improved on this. Yeah. There isn't, like, I think we're kind of seeing it as it is as well, which is to kind of take it as, like, a cheesy Bollywood film. Yeah, like, if you're expecting a film to take seriously, then this is not the film for you. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, everything's a matter of taste. If you don't like a silly, fun, Austin-adapted, adapted, adapted Bollywood movie like if that's not your thing then you're not gonna enjoy this if you're if you're in it and you're like you're just prepared to go with the flow and to it like to accept it for what it is then you're gonna love it yeah and it and it's fun and I think it's great because like we've talked about before when we watch these adaptations we're kind of starved of diversity even in the modern ones basically in response to that it's like they've just made a Bollywood one (laughs) so it's great yeah I mean the only thing that I was thinking about was the fact that there's like no black characters apart from that I think there's one singer who is who is black but I'm not yeah other than like the gospel and then the entire gospel choir is black but it's like there's no actual black characters so that that is something they could have improved on um, yeah, I suppose, but also it does. The majority of the film is taking place in India, which I think is a huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's that that large black population in India, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so I think that maybe had a huge impact on it. But yeah, there's scenes in LA and in Windsor, so you don't really. But they don't really introduce any new characters in those scenes, I suppose. Um, but yeah, no, I see your point. Like even in background, yeah, you don't a lot of a lot of any other ethnicity other than white yeah i'm gonna give it a 9.5 i'm gonna throw out that only because i don't think we can give it a 10 no i think i'd give it a nine Uh, i love how i'm always at least like half a point ahead (laughs) i just i just like to lowball it i'll 
I just want to take a little bit away. I truly, like, I have seen a lot of adaptations in my time, and not one has kind of, and I've seen some wild ones, like, I've seen, like, musical ones, and, like, ones where they've gone for a completely new concept, but this was so refreshing in that only way, like, a cheesy musical can be. Yeah, well, I think it's, like, it is, like, your kind of film to a T. Yeah, um, where like the where like the characters making fun of themselves, everyone's just having fun. The music's fun. Like I literally, as we were watching, I was like, I hope the soundtrack's on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, it was all great. It was all. It was just like really fun from start to finish. You wouldn't get bored. Um, you weren't like losing like your attention sort of halfway through because there was always something to be seen. Um, so yeah, I think it was great. Um, like I think that like you probably, Bethany, are more in love with it than I am just by the fact that this is like your perfect film. Yeah. Um, which isn't to say that I didn't love it, but that's probably why I'm giving it a nine because I feel like yeah, there's there's like there's other things that could have been done that weren't done, and that's not to say like. But I just don't think it didn't tick every single box for me. Yeah, but yeah, like obviously, like we always say this not as an excuse, but I was like, it was made in two thousand and four. Yeah, and for it to kind of get commissioned, I feel like sometimes you have to tick certain boxes. Yeah, to get to get the film out there, so that is also a consideration to make. Yeah, but overall I absolutely loved it and I'm actually it's going to be one of those films that whenever I meet new people I'm going to be like you need to watch this and then I just watch them watch it so that I I understand that they're they're enjoying it (laughs) but that's everything um so what do you want to watch next week um well maybe we should watch something that we haven't seen yet so we could watch Mansfield Park yeah we haven't done a Mansfield Park Persuasion Persuasion. Don't know what you think. You've got the list. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the list now. Let's do a Mansfield. That's all from us for now. We'll be back next Thursday reviewing Mansfield Park 1987. Please don't forget to review it five stars of your Apple Owls and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get in touch, please email us at Translation underscore pod on Instagram. We bid you adieu. Adieu. Anna, do you know what these are? These are my goodbye guns. <laughs> <laughs>